It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, Detroit Kool-Aid crew? This is Oakry. I'm here with my buddy Hughes. What up, though? We are here talking about the first round just completed of the NFL draft, and we're here to talk, most importantly, about number 20, pick for the Detroit Lions, center Frank Ragnow. Hughes, what do, what's your first impression? What are you thinking? Big Frank, man. Uh, you know, <clears throat> he's kind of a surprise name that came out, but, you know, after looking over it and, um, you know, obviously the offensive line was something we needed to improve on, and they did so, and, you know, this guy's ranked pretty high on a lot of people's draft boards. It wasn't a name that, you know, we kind of threw back and forth earlier today, but, um, you know, I think it's definitely a, a good pick. Um, still a lot of guys out there, but I'm pretty happy with this one. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's funny. Like, uh, it could go a lot of different ways with this pick. You know, did it, was it a was it a reach? Is it a great pick because it's it's the trenches like we always talk about. Like, um, you know, I know we didn't talk about him directly, but he definitely was kind of in my radar. It was just, you know, he didn't pick up steam till late here in the draft process about going late first, early to mid second. So, um, you know. I'm on board with the pick. I think uh, it protects our quarterback. It uh, solidifies our O-line, hopefully helps our run game. Uh, guy's a leader. He's a captain. Um, just somebody that can uh, sure up that O-line, uh, which we've been calling for for years. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it, especially with that number 20 pick. You know Frank Ragnow, uh, unless he comes across major injuries, is not going to bust out. So he's going to be there, and you're not going to have to worry about him off the field. So, I'm good with it there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, old uh, godfather Mel Kuyper is comparing him to, you know, Alex Mack and uh, uh, Nick Mangold is some, some other first-round centers that were taken. They're just the, the anchor of those off, that offensive line. And I think, you know, he's definitely an upgrade over uh, Travis Swanson. Um, you know, this either allows him to play center and Glasgow to left guard or vice versa. So it gives some versatility up front and, you know, gives us pretty good solid five. Uh, offensive lineman, which will definitely help us out uh, in the run game and also protecting Stafford. Yeah, I, I just saw online that he got um, compared to one of the Martin boys. Uh, it was mm-hmm. coming out of Notre Dame that's been really good. And then I also read that he mostly played at center, but he also played some right guard. So I started thinking, like, is this a play to you take him now? He can play. I would like him at center and just leave. I mean, Glasgow has mostly played left guard, and I, he seemed to be okay there. So I kind of like to plug him in at center, but I like it that if T.J. Lang has any more lingering injuries or or maybe, depending on how your roster shakes out, maybe in a couple of years, Frank moves over to that right guard, depending on where your roster is at that point. So it's nice that he can probably play all three inside spots. I, I read, too, that he even said, I guess the combine that he he can play all five. He said, "I feel fine. I haven't played tackle really, but I think my feet, and my length, and all my stuff can uh, project out the tackle." So, I mean, he thinks he can play all five, which I'm sure, again, is just another added bonus that uh, if they need him to and they ask him to, he seems to have confidence that he could do it. Now, I wouldn't want him out there if I had my choice, but um, 
what other options and stuff were on your brain or, or like, you know, we're heading into round two here. Kind of talk me through that of where you were at with 20 and maybe where you're going to go after this pick um, now that it's on the board. Yeah, I mean, at, at 20 before the pick was made, to me, everything pointed to, to Landry. Um, I thought that's definitely who they were going to go for. Uh, if it wasn't Landry, the two offensive linemen that I thought it could have been was Daniels or Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like in, in most in most draft boards, ours uh, included, we had them ranked higher than uh, Frankie Boyd. But um, you know, again, it, it, he filled the position, and obviously, you know, some of Matt Pat's comments they really like him. They like his blue collar uh, attitude. He's just going to come in and be a tough football player, and I think that's you know we always talk about building building a team from the trenches out and. You know, they did that. It's a nice change to to say that and then start to do it the last couple of years rather than say we're going to build the trenches and then take wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're following through on this master plan of just getting, as you just put it perfectly, football players and, you know, blue-collar tough guys. I mean, yep. that's what we say. Wow, it'd be great to have one of those kind of teams for Detroit. And then we go build, like, you know, trying to be the Rams of 1999, 2000, whatever it was. So right. um, now what you said, though, so here's a couple points. Uh, what's so crazy about the dang NFL draft is, so like you said, not only us but others have the board stacked similarly to how you read it off. And I'm looking at it now. We've ended round one. Harold Landry's still there. Willie Hernandez didn't get picked. Darius Geis is still out there. Um, the top tight end didn't go. James Daniels, uh a lot of people's top or second-ranked center is still sitting there. Mo Hurst got passed by. Um, Josh Jackson, a top corner, didn't get in there in the first round. So I understand there's only 32 picks, but that's that's a good 10 players I basically rattled off that were in a lot of first rounds or were pretty highly ranked that are still sitting there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you would have told me before the draft started that there'd be three running backs going in the first round and then told me that none of them would have been Darius Geist, I would have said you're crazy. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that three of them went and he wasn't one of them was a surprise to me. Um, he's he's sitting there on the board, obviously, for somebody at two. And Landry, too. I mean, you know, a lot of people, some people had him going top 10, top 15, and, you know, he's now on to the second round. So that was kind of a, a surprise, too. There's a lot of good players on the board. And it's crazy. Let's go back to Landry for a second. So, this guy in 2016 and 2017, like basically like led the nation in sacks. Mm-hmm. He 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 plays a premier position, both outside backer and three four or rush rush edge. No matter how you want to treat him, if you want to put his hand in the dirt or you want to just blitz him from all over the field. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but his production's there. And then in 2017, he was hurt. Right. So if, unless there's a lingering medical, I don't get why all these teams would just be looking past him because I started the clock on him at about, you know, 10, 11 and thought, you know, surely by 20 or when we didn't take him, I'm like, okay, you know, within the next five, he's gone. So for him still to be there, it just really doesn't make a ton of sense. Now those other guys, guards, um, you know, even running back, just the way the NFL is, it doesn't shock me, but Harold Landry just sitting there sticks out like a sore thumb here uh, in the first round. I mean, even the other guys are just kind of like, ah, they'll go high in the second, no big deal. But yeah, I just don't get it. So yeah, I don't either. And it's this is this this draft's kind of different than you know most that we've seen. I mean, realistically, you know Bradley Chubb and Marcus Davenport, um, 
But besides those, I mean, there really wasn't any other true defensive ends that went in the first round. They're mostly interior guys um, with Payne, uh, Tavon Bryant, and then a lot of, like, outside linebacker types. So, you know, there really wasn't a lot Which is another reason, though, I don't get it, because there wasn't yeah. a there wasn't a plethora of DT, DNs, and this yep. guy's still sitting there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to get there to our second rounder, but... I mean, we got to turn our focus to, um, you know, I don't even know who would be there on an edge or interior, but um, Rashad Penny, I want to go back to him, running back. Um, I I love the player, but I I don't really get – remember I kept mocking uh, running backs to Seattle? Yeah. But I was doing that because when they had all their success, they had a big – bruising back, you know, that could score touchdowns and could kind of move the chains and, and give them some attitude. Like, Rashad Penny's an incredible runner of the football, but everyone hates him on third down pass protection, and um, he has some other flaws and stuff. So I just don't know why they went there with a guy like that when Geis is there. Geis, to me, is much more of a Seattle back or – I've been calling the last couple of years for them to turn it over to Russell Wilson and just get him some bunch of receivers and top tight ends and just sling it all day and get him yeah. O-line. Right. So that's what they were going to do with them. But now they're in the middle ground of are they are they smash mouth or I don't know what they're doing. So that was, I mean, I had Penny in late second type. So to take him where they took him just seemed like one of the, you know, other than the Pittsburgh safety, that was kind of the biggest, one of the bigger shockers of the round. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I I wasn't. I thought that he would slip to third round territory. I mean, I didn't think. I thought maybe he would be, you know, the sixth or seventh running back off the board, not the second. Um, but you know, obviously, there's something about him that Seattle really likes and thinks he's going to fit for them. So, yeah, I guess he's good. I mean, yeah. really good. But uh, that's one of those where even if he's really good, did you extend yourself too much by taking him where you took him rather than trying to wait it out? Mm-hmm. But they got their guy, so now he just has to be really good to justify it. But um, yeah, you know we'll see. So, so like we said, and this happens every year where you're going into round two, looking at the board, going, "Wow, why is Dalvin Cook there? Why is this guy there? Why?" You know what I mean? Like it happens all the time. So I'm kind of looking at my Lions targets the way I had them stacked, and so we've already discussed Landry. He's at the top. Willie and Geis are still there. Um, Josh Jackson, Harrison Phillips. Um, you know, then you get into that territory of, okay, Isaiah Oliver's a corner. Do we want to go that route? Do you want to roll the dice on Arden Key? And then we start getting into, uh, would the tight end slip? Or, uh, I don't know. I don't see many interior edge rushers, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few defensive ends who could be, like, late second, third-round type guys with, you know, Sam Hubbard still out there, uh, Lorenzo Carter, possibility. I know, you know, we like him kind of in the third yeah. round. Uh, but, yeah, DT, I mean, it's, it's pretty thin. It just depends on how people have Mo Hurst ranked as far as with his health and whatnot because, you know, after Mo Hurst, you got Harrison Phillips and uh, Derek Noddy from Florida State. And, you know, your ultra-sleeper pick, Nathan Shepard, down there. So there's not much you know, mm-hmm. front four-wise available. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, with, with, with Landry, uh, you know, Arden Key, Sam Hubbard, Lorenzo Carter, those guys, I mean, there could be four or five guys uh, that could go. Right. Yeah, no, those are some good names. I'm looking again at the DN board now, and 
like there's two names you didn't name that jump out to me that I've read a little bit about. Chad Thomas out of Miami. He's 6'6", 275. And I guess he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Um, a lot of potential, just kind of like, you know, can you get it out of him type of guy. And then the Duke, um, I can't pronounce the last name, but he's from Wake Forest. He's a defensive end, 6'4", 270. He's got that kind of size similar to a, a Ziggy, a little bit shorter, that I've heard some good things about. And then we got that Deshaun Hand sitting around, too. He's kind of like an N slash DT to move around. Not very athletic, but produced at Alabama. So, yeah, um, you know, I think with those names you read off and then, um, you know, that there probably be somebody there. But, you know, yeah, I would have definitely liked it to get Landry. And then, and then when we start working our way down that board, I feel like we could have had a Colby Gossett or some of these guys I like interior, this Wyatt Teller. He's going to go three rounds later. But I heard he's a really good guard, you know what I mean? I think if we could have flipped those, I'd have been a little bit more happy. But, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll probably be shocked when we get to 51 or whatever and see who's there. It'll probably be somebody that we thought would be long gone, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, like I said, cornerback-wise, Josh, Josh Jackson and Isaiah Oliver are really the only ones that would interest me in the second round. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if that will be – a spot that they look at, but another guy that I like too um, in the second round could be Ronnie Harrison from Alabama as a safety. I know that we were pretty deep there, yeah. but I think he's he's a pretty solid player though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out about our roster construction. Like I always say, take best player, but as Derwin was flipping, I was going, man, if we've got, you know, if we got Gover. Uh, I start running through all our guys, even like all the way down to Killebrew, and I say, man, you add another safety. Like you're gonna have to boot somebody or give up on somebody type of thing. But mm-hmm. I guess if they're better than who you currently have, you definitely have to do that. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I like Harrison as well. Um, I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, what What are you thinking about? Um, if Nick Chubb's there in the second round, uh, are you considering him? I would think so. I would I would consider him, but um, I guess it I guess it just depends on who else is there. I think ideally, you know, a couple of those defensive guys that we named would be uh, my first pick over Chubb. Um, but if a lot of those guys are gone, I would look at Chubb. And you know, the guy that I like more than him is you know Ronald Jones too. So if uh, if a lot a lot of those defensive guys are, are gone towards the our pick in the second round, I would look towards those two guys. Would probably be my second option. Would be looking at running back. The reason I ask is because if you don't take him there, I think he's gone, and then you're into that kind of no man's land, the fourth or fifth round for running back again. Yeah. You know, do we want to roll the dice on Walton, Kelly, Bolahaj? You know, you have to make that choice, I think, mm-hmm. in the second round. What's your thoughts on Arden Key? I don't know, man. I mean, you know, at the start of the draft process, he was he was up there as one of the top defensive ends, and as everything went went by, he kind of slipped slip back a little bit. I mean, I don't know if there's off-the-field character stuff that people are concerned with, um, but, I mean, you know, he's got the talent. It's just a matter of, you know, if he can put it all together. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing is I, you know, I'm not even in the interviews, but, you know, quitting on his team and all that, I just think if they think that he can play, then I mm-hmm. think he's got to be considered in the second round. If they interviewed him and said, oh, this guy doesn't care about football or he doesn't have the mental – you know, to to play in the league, then I think he's just off the board completely, basically. So, yeah. 
but he's kind of in my middle set of the DNs that we already talked about. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just looking over to see if there's anybody else really that worth considering. Another guy that kind of intrigues me a little bit is uh, Malik Jefferson from Texas. I know that we, you know, uh-huh. signed a couple, you know, our outside linebackers in free agency, but I feel like he he could be somebody too that would help us out on the defense. Yeah, he's he's really big and athletic, but I I remember hearing something that he really doesn't know what he's doing out there on defense, you know, as far as diagnosing, he doesn't have good instincts at all, which I think Quinn and and Patricia want football players that yeah, they got to coach him up, but they don't just want an athlete that doesn't have a clue of how to just diagnose a a run play and get on it type of thing. So, yeah. I've kind of dropped off on him a little bit, but as far as size and speed and and his age and all that, he's definitely kind of a a prototype, but I'd be surprised. I mean, Darius Leonard is more of a guy, he's a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. I think I know they interviewed him and stuff. I think he's a better backer if that's what they want to go with, but just another outside backer that can run and tackle. They've also talked about these safeties like Jesse Bates and who's the other kid? Jordan Whitehead out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Those are like you said, yeah, our, our and Justin Reed is still out there, remember? Like mm-hmm. the guy in locked on NFL draft, he was dying to have him for the Steelers and the Steelers go take some guy that I want to hear his reaction to that one because that was that was surprising to say the least. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, if those safeties start slipping, they may be one of the better players on the board um, that you have to consider. And the nice thing about the the Ragnall pick is that I was, like, looking over my board and going, man, like, center, guard, offensive tackle are basically completely off the radar now. Yes. You don't even look at them for the next five rounds. No. Or no. at all, yeah, you know, at, at all. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, we kind of could have took other positions, but we basically – Shirt up our O line for the next three years, I'd say, yeah. to some degree. I mean, obviously we're gonna have injuries and you have to have depth there, but there's no more like, oh, we might be able to get an interior tackle in the fifth, like or a guard. Sorry, like we're good, mm-hmm. we're good now, completely good. So um, that's exciting. Just kind of put that to bed, and then, like I say, man, O line protects your your most highly paid quarterback, and if these guys can move people in the run game, I mean, that's gonna be huge for who we already have and whatnot. So I think good pick, uh, safe pick, um, even if it was a little bit of a reach. Like, you know, I know he was projected to go to Cincy, like in a lot of mocks I read right after us. Cincy was going to take Ragnow or Willie Hernandez in a lot of mocks I saw. And they ended up taking Billy Price, who's who's injured and and, uh, is going to have some issues there, but is still a good player. So obviously they had their eyes on that type of spot. So I think if we pass on Ragnell, he goes the next selection anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm good with it. Bobby Quinn, Matt Patricia, I like the first pick as a, as a tandem. Just follow up tomorrow with an impact player. We should be, uh, should be better than we were uh, yesterday. Well, let me, let me ask you this. I know this kind of goes against every draft strategy you ever have, but is there a guy that's sitting on the board right now that you would, you know, trade up to get in the second round? Uh, no, I mean, you got to be an ultra special talent for I me mean, to trade up, especially when I have no draft capital at all, but you don't even have any ammo to do it. But I mean, let's say Harold Landry continues to slip and they liked him. They just didn't like him at 20. I mean, 
maybe if he's within five picks, you can give somebody like your fourth and go get him. But mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't see anybody uh, that makes any makes any sense. I mean, if I had ten picks, I'd be willing to move up sometimes in the first round to go get a premier guy. But after that, it's basically trade down or just make the pick type of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So. We'll uh, we'll see how it shakes out, man. I think uh, it's fun to recap it right after. I'm I'm curious to kind of go on DetroitLions.com and and kind of see what they're saying, but also get some other opinions um, across the board. I'm sure positive and negative. You know, it's all about what they do on the field. But um, you know, me and you as Lions fans, we're going to be positive regardless on it for the most yep. part. But uh, you know, I'm sure there are some people that hated it, but there's people too that don't know the. You know, not many people know guards and centers in the in football. And like I said, this guy was a late climber. He's a captain. He's a big, nasty uh, type guy in the middle. And uh, and we'll just build off that. So, um, you know, we'll we'll uh, check the feedback and then see how tomorrow goes and, and come back on the Kool Aid Cast with another recap. Absolutely. All right, big man. Well, sounds good. Take it easy, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Bye.